0: to death that nefesh it's wrong about literally everything
1: i'm ready to cut loose myself the christian experience has to be sacrificed Mm.
0: you have to have that soldier attitude i don't care what they think i'm here to obey the apostolic commandment i want to fulfill god's will for my life
1: which is the favor that jesus had from his father by being perfect amen 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 bless you guys welcome tonight rlm tv we pray that the grace of god's word will find a new place in your hearts tonight to shine forth brighter like the sun in the kingdom of our father what a promise the sons and daughters of the kingdom will shine as the luminaries it's the promise of conquering the sephirat from esau So we know now we're living in a time of exile, as it's written, Babylon the Great. The time of exile is coming to an end when we possess the heavens. How do we end exile? How do we end the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great? How do we destroy everything of wrongdoing? One way, God's Word hidden in our hearts The Bible says in Psalms 19, that's the only way to not sin. Everything except hiding God's Word as treasure in our hearts that emit the Shekinah glory that made heaven and earth is sin. Because we fall short of the glory. What's falling short of the glory? Not having the Word working in our hearts. Adam and Eve walking with the Father in the coolness of the day according to Torah. Guess what that means? Walking with Him in white. Walking with Him in the working of the Word of God. It's walking in the full glory of the word. We understand now God has given us the scriptures. They've come down through the path of lightnings, through the sapphire stones, and the prophets were inspired by the Holy Ghost and wrote down the words from heaven. So that when we go into those words called the Holy Scriptures, it's a mystical book, y'all. A Lamb's book of life. We have those words. We, through those words written in our hearts, gazing into the Word of God, can go into the heavens. Seeing is not optional in these days. Jesus Christ said, all my churches need to buy eye salve so they can see. What kind of seeing is he talking about? He's not talking about going to the eye doctor and getting contacts, although you need to take care of your eyes, especially if you're driving on the roads, amen? But he wants us to see in the invisible realm that created and maintains the visible realm. Blindness, according to the Messiah, is only seeing in the natural realm. Who is more blind? He who does not see in the spiritual realm that created the natural realm and holds the natural realm together. How do we get back into the seeing world of the invisible where all the angels are? All ten worlds of angels. It's real. It's more real than the natural realm. How do we get back in? By gazing into the word. The word sanctifies our eyes. Studying the scriptures to show ourselves approved, a workman that needs not being ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. No shame when you're studying the word to go into the glory. We study the word so that we can have vision. What Messiah unlocked, guys, was vision. The Mashiach gives us the ability to see. In the Old Testament, it was a very rare gift. Only a couple people out of billions were called seers, the most sought after high level prophetic in the entire universe in the history of mankind. Guess what Jesus Christ says in the New Testament? All of you have the potential possibility of seeing if you will purchase it. So what is the purchasing power for the vision of the Messiah in order to rule from the invisible world of the angels? It's the cost of your own vision, your own understanding, your own wisdom, your own philosophy, your own opinions, your arguments, your own intellect, your own human intelligence is the price you pay to go into the Messiah's intelligence, which is that emerald glow around his throne and that rainbow round about him. The mind of Christ on his head were many crowns. It is written, these are the crowns of vision. How many crowns of vision have you purchased to see in the realm of angels? A lot of people have to count the cost before they go to war. Will I give up the control of the natural realm. One of the biggest strongholds we deal with nowadays is probably the same yesterday as it is today. Nothing new under the sun, it is written. Is people pleasing? If you are serving men and care more about the opinions of men than the opinion of God, That leads to blindness that you cannot see in the invisible world where God is because you don't value God more than the natural realm. That's the essence of all idolatry. The essence of all idolatry that has its roots in every human heart is valuing that which is seen more than God which is unseen. So we value God. You can begin to feel God in your heart and value God in your heart Value God in the pastor's heart, in the preacher's heart, in the apostle's heart, in the prophet's heart. Value God in the sapphire stone, studying the heavenly tablets. And when you begin to value those realms of glory, that shows the angels that you are no longer practicing idolatry and the omnipresent Holy Ghost begins to promote you. It is your own repentance in those realms that you begin to see. Oftentimes, it begins with angel flashes like shooting stars. You begin to see flickers. You begin to see lights. You begin to feel the oil of the angels poured on your head. You'll have manifestations. How often? Continuously, because you're in the Spirit. You're walking in the Spirit, and it's not just an ether that just makes you feel good that you can just get into through meditation like the New Agers. No, it's costly. That's why Jesus Christ said, Purchase, I said. And you can only buy it from, from Jesus Christ. You cannot buy it anywhere else. You buy it from Jesus. The ability to see, because if your perspective is not in Him, you're still blind even if you're in the Spirit because you'll be in the spirit with the demons and they will have an antichrist perspective, but you're still in the spirit in the invisible world. But now your vision opposes the vision of the Messiah, the King of Israel. A lot of people get into that madness and end up antichrist. We need to make sure we're buying it from Jesus. Jesus said, you need to buy from me. I said to see it is written from the
0: son of righteousness which is the circumcision of the foreskin and the membrane of Tiferet, which is the speculum that shines that Moses saw through and saw clearly.
1: Amen. So what happens when we begin to see? We begin ruling. Seeing is the equivalent of ruling. Where is that found in the Bible? So glad you asked in proverbs a king weans his audience with his eyes he brings down judgment through the sephirot the sapphire stone that sapphire stick they shall rule with me on my throne dashing the nations to peace and like pottery ruling them with iron scepter ruling them with the sa- sapphire stones which is the iron scepter from the very throne of the messiah the king of the heavens and the earth the maker of heaven and earth the redeemer of everyone who obeys him he's not the redeemer of everyone what did the prophetess say, Anna, in the temple? This is this child is appointed for the rise and fall of many nations. We like the rise part, but what about the fall part? That means he's the destroyer of nations too. You don't like hearing about that, but it's the truth anyhow.
0: You will rejoice in it when you can see in the invisible realm that the destruction of those nations corresponds to the destruction of the 70 tongues of false fire, the strange tongues, Right, Not the Lashon HaKadosh. There is only one holy tongue. You can speak any language in your mother tongue. And when you speak holy words, that's Lashon HaKadosh. That is the language that Joseph had in the spiritual realm that Pharaoh did not and could not have on account of the Nile and the Black Sun. The Nile will lead you. If you take the Nile River, it leads you into the Black Moon and Black Sun. Right, their eyes of Ra and Horus. You have a left eye and right eye, and they're seeing and their vision. And if at any time you go outside of the city gates of the gates of Jerusalem, the city of peace, and you step outside of the sapphire stones, whether it's on Malkut sapphire stone, or you know on the moon as a sapphire stone, you know the the Shekinah or Hod. Or Netsah or Tiferet, or Gevra, on and on and up. Anytime you step outside of those boundary stones, and you're in, now you're in what the Nile River leads up into. Just like the river of life that flows out of your belly, of this he spoke of the Holy Ghost, is that river that leads you up into the cosmos, into the sapphire stones, standing on them and clothed in the sun, the bride of Christ in the book of Revelation. If you follow the impulse of just going after the desires of your heart, you chase after the whims of your feel, I feel like doing this today, I feel like I should have this, I feel, I want, and da, da, da. And you follow those desires of the Nile, which is your blood, your fleshly mind, your fleshly heart, uncircumcised of sapphire stones, or you... Uh, Even if a Jewish man was circumcised, if he inserted the sign of a covenant into a strange woman, he defiled the covenant, even though it had been circumcised. So what happens is the need for purification, right? It has to be rectified. It must be corrected. There must be a correction and an instruction. And if there's no repentance, then comes a punishment. So in order for you to avoid... The punishment of disobedience to the sapphire throne of god the father you must receive instruction and you must receive very importantly correction teachable heart that's wisdom that means you love wisdom that allows you by receiving that in humility to step back into the sapphire stones in the boundary walls of jerusalem where you find peace and love and thanksgiving and you find that your sins are forgiven and forgotten and it's just an overall good feeling and the waves of peace wash over you and change you and you learn inside the house of your father instead of in the house of the father of lies belial so you don't want to get into the nile when you step out of sapphire stone whether below or above you step into the nile river and then cosmic unrighteousness is where it carries you So, repentance from unrighteous thinking, unrighteous feeling, unrighteous judgments is what is needed and required for you to walk into your divine destiny, to walk into your divine provisions, right? That divine providence you can only align to receive by stepping out of the Nile and repenting into the sapphire stone, transfigured blood of Jesus, crystal. Clear and sparkling.
1: There's a purifying of purity. How were you saved? Remember, you heard the pure word of God. Remember, it was the purity of the word of God, who is the person Jesus Christ, that saved you at the first. Now there is a purifying of the purity, there is a sanctifying of the covenant. The very covenant of salvation of Messiah Jesus Christ is purity. It's not part of the covenant. It's not an additional thing after you're saved and just have some belief in the name of Jesus. The Bible says demons believe in Jesus too, but demons don't have purity, so they're not saved. They can never be purified because they're evil spirits. Your spirit can be purified. Your spirit does start out evil. As it's written, we were translated out of darkness, which is pure evil into light, which is purity. Now, holiness is a daily practice of purifying the covenant. If you want to live in the fresh glory, the refreshing daily rain, we get daily bread, but how did the bread come, guys? It came like rain. Hosea says, the Lord comes like the rain. Well, when the rain came, it brought bread. The food is in the water. The food is in the rain. And it's the rain of God's word. And it's the rain of God's living water. And that washing of the water of the word is the purifying of the covenant. And it washes you head to toes. You stay pure. But you guess what, guys? You grow in purity. You grow in pu- Your soul has encountered the pure one. Okay? So a covenant with God is a covenant with purity. Oftentimes in Christianity, this is thought as something additional or a side part that's very important in all true forms of Christianity. People that go after purity, they're serious. They want God's purity. They're, they teach against sexuality. They preach against immorality. That's good. Keep going after that, but understand it more deeply that it is the covenant itself is the purity of the heart and the purity of the eyes heart and eyes are what get purified daily and if there's not a daily purifying of god's holiness that comes down through the sapphire stones what did jesus christ say when you pray every single day pray for the daily bread which means pray for the daily washing of what comes out of your father in heaven if you don't get into it, you begin to slide to the other side. Soon purity is not important to you. You have a hard what is hardness of heart? It means that you have chosen not to purify your heart and your eyes, and the things of the world have taken over your heart and eyes. You're buried in sin. Sin is just the deterioration of holiness. For all have sinned and fallen short. So what is a fallen state? No longer walking in holiness no longer walking in the glory, in the resurrection, no longer walking with the heights of the Holy Spirit, of what's available, if he were to sanctify your purity every day. So when we renew our marriage vows and we remember our first love, we are going back into the purity and we're choosing to take our mind, our eyes, our intellect, our reasoning, our thoughts, our plans, our hopes, our future, all of it, and we're going to give it into the Holy Spirit Holy is His nature. Holy is His job. It's the Spirit that produces holiness, the Spirit of holiness.
0: Amen. Only the Spirit of holiness can purify and make holy. But what are the requirements? He said, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. How can you enter rest? How can you enter that supernal Sabbath? By purification. The spices of the anointing oil, or for the purification of your body, which is black but lovely. The bed of spices. You come to him to be purified, approaching the throne of mercy, for mercy in your time of need, and we all have a need for mercy, and to those who show mercy, they will be given mercy. It is written, The bed of spices in the oral tradition of Moses is the academy of Metatron. Amen. My love has gone down to his garden, to the beds of spices. Song of Songs 6-2. My love, the blessed Holy One, as is said, my beloved is mine and I am his. He grazes among the roses. Has gone down to his garden, the heavenly flesh threshing floor built like a a threshing floor a fleshing thrower (laughs) to the beds of spices the academy of metatron
1: wow so ascending the spiced mountains of song of songs is ascending into the school of enoch
0: amen it's the purification of your soul
1: but look at that lower school when she enters the the song of songs She is choosing to be a student and catch those lower things. And as you begin to rise, you're actually catching them in your own souls. So catching me, the little foxes, the foxes that spoil the vineyard of our love is catching the shadows that are robbing you in the elevations of your inheritance of the original design for your souls had you never fallen Understand this now. This isn't just like ascending into something brand new. This is ascending into the original design for you today if you were never in a fallen state. That's what redeeming the times is. It's ascending to the head of days. So it's an elevation of your inner man. That also takes your outer man with you as you go up the mountain. We ascend these mountains, what is written, we'll ascend them together and we'll catch them together. So the very act of ascension of your inner man, your spirit and your soul rising in the things of God, it's going into a higher academy to deal with stuff on the inside, the inner intelligence. And then the outer stuff is automatically set in order, which is the order of righteousness. What is the order of Melchizedek? Melchizedek is Hebrew for righteousness. It means someone who has God's divine order on the inside. Therefore, the outside is perfectly maintained.
0: Amen. And you must have a Ruah soul to ascend that mountain to go cosmic. You must have a Ruah Soul, which means you are filled with the Ruach Hakadesh baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that is the requirement. Until then, if you only have a Nefesh soul, you are earthbound to Malkut. So, you must receive the Ruach soul through repentance and waiting on the Lord as they waited in the upper room and they prayed. And they were all in what one accord with, with what. With the apostolic, which is the will of God. So, if there's any part of you that's not in accordance with the desire of the will of the Father, which is the apostolic mandate through Red Letter Ministries, RLM TV, then it's time to align, to receive, and correct and change any thought patterns, behavior patterns, patterns of emotional uh, feelings, reactions, and thoughts. Because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And even if the mouth speaks deceit, which means you're speaking something different than what's actually in your heart, then God knows and weighs and judges the heart. So that circumcision is to make sure that your mouth and your heart and your spirit are all one and the same, aligned with the will of God the Father, which is clinging to the apostolic cosmic of Righteousness.
1: Amen uh, In my studies today, I, I don't know if you're going to share this tonight, but I got to share this verse with you. Go for it. This is one of the most astonishing things that just hit me so hard. this revelation right here from Proverbs Are The
0: Proverbs bring in the food.
1: Proverbs 31 verse 14 says she brings her household food from afar. So th- think about it. it's the the wise person the soul that ascends into the spice mountains. We will ascend into these mountains of the academy of Enoch Metatron. We will walk on the path of lightnings. We will begin to walk in the heavens in our original design. And guess what this wise person does? The wise woman of Proverbs 31, 14. She begins to send down below food for people's souls. How great is that? She sends food to her household from afar. Think about the distance of the ten worlds. Take a look at this real quick. Sapphire worlds chart.
0: This doesn't even, this chart does not have the ten worlds. I think that's on the other chart.
1: Yeah, but we'll go up seven worlds right now to to speak of uh, sending food from afar. Look at the top of that seventh world of absolute. Imagine sending down Torah scrolls, words from God, bread from heaven, down seven worlds, down to everyone down in Messiah to eat that food. That's exactly what Proverbs 31, is talking about. She's sending her household, those, those young believers. That's also Song of Songs 8 that I will be a wall around her, a protection. It's the covering of the more mature Christians who have walked on sapphire pavement, sapphire stones, up the Sephirot into the higher things of God to feed everyone down below.
0: Amen. Since we're talking about this, I'll go ahead and share. I shared it online. This is wonderful. Now imagine that someone's bringing you food from those realms. Imagine no longer. It's happening right now That's what we do here at RLM TV. You know every day five days a week we bring bread from heaven Which is the Torah scroll the Torah scrolls that come from the Father, which is Jesus Christ the Word of God that came out of his mouth The lightning sword the Word of God Jesus Christ the bread that came down from heaven. It's him scrolls of eternity Those are his words, his body, his heart, his soul, his spirit. Peter, feed
1: my sheep. Well, he's not feeding them earthly food. He's feeding them the word that comes down from heaven.
0: Yeah, this is something that the Lord has been talking to me about the last, I would say maybe a month or so. Because I would ask, how can I love you more? How can I love you more? You know, how In what way could I love you more? How would it be possible for me to love you more? And that's on this journey. You begin to ask the Father, how can I love you more? You ask the Lord, how can I love you more than I loved you today, than yesterday, than five days ago, than a year ago? That way you're not that Christian that says, oh, I did this for God, you know, 20 years ago, and it was amazing. and We had an encounter, and the signs and the wonders. If you're living in the past, or only in looking at the future, but you can't be in the present moment, presently with Christ, There is an issue there, so we want to be mindful of how we can love him more because to know him is to have eternal life. And I can't think of anything else better we could possibly do with our lives than love the one who has loved us so tremendously with a perfect love. He deserves to be loved the same way that he loves. Now how is that going to be possible? How can you make his... Well, we've talked about the Father's dreams, and we've shared what we want to do for that. But let's talk about Jesus' dreams. He has his own dreams, too. He wants to fulfill his Father's plan, first and foremost, but what are the desires of his heart? He wants a bride who can love him the way that he loves. Right? When you go up, you learn how to love more. You expand your ability to love him, to love others. So... To answer Jesus' desire, his request, his desire of his heart, which I can't think of anyone more deserving to have what they want than Jesus Christ. Look at all he's done for all of humanity, all the angels, all time and eternity. He is the worthy one. So he deserves to have what he wants. So let's give him what he wants, which is a bride who can love him in the measure that he loves, which is a self-sacrificial nature. You learn to do that automatically. It's never going to happen down in the world of Isaiah. As long as you're down in the lower worlds, you'll never be able to love him in a measure that fulfills and satisfies his desire for love. He wants to be loved. And I think he deserves to be loved much more than he's ever been loved in all of Christian history. And I think the bar has been really low for it to not have moved out of Isaiah, out of the the lowest world. So... Let's sacrifice the selfish nature. Get out of your head. Get out of yourself thinking of self-protection, protecting your own destiny. When you make your destiny to love the Father and love the Son and love the Holy Spirit, then anything else on top of that is just the icing on the cake. That's the true riches of the inheritance in glory. It's not so much the things that we'll do. The only reason why we insist on the things that we're going to do is because we're adamant about loving the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And since we know that's what they want to do, we're extremely aggressive in going after what he wants to do. Why? Because we love him and that's what he wants. So we want to give him what he wants because we care. And so when people think that there is some kind of a human will, human idea, or if it originated with a human, none none of us woke up one day and said, hey, wouldn't it be nice to go and do blah, blah, blah. It's out of the sa- the sacrificial nature of sacrificing our self-nature and going up to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then finding out that this is what they want to do in the earth. So this is why we do what we do. And when you begin to adopt that mentality, instead of trying to de- viciously defend your own plot of land of some future glory, some future destiny, some future thing to walk in, and just in fight or flight mode where everyone's trying to kill me and then you're trying to kill others and you're attacking others and you're being attacked and it's just fight or flight mode constantly right even in the most vicious war you must maintain the internal peace because you live in jerusalem which is the city of peace anytime you've lost your peace you are no longer inside the sapphire stone that means you're in unrighteousness whether it's cosmic unrighteousness a black sephirot or Black Malkut, when you leave peace, you have left the city that you love, Jerusalem. So return mm-hmm. into the city of peace. Return to cosmic Jerusalem. Return into the kingdom inside your spirit, which is Christ and Him formed within you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and hide in Him. He is a strong tower, He is our refuge in a time of trouble. And if He calls you, into war into battle when you go and do battle he will be with you and he will uphold you and he will grant you victory so understanding this is about giving the lord what he wants and he wants a spotless bride he wants you this isn't just for like one or two people to do i mean we'll do it but he wants you to do it he wants you to rise. He wants you to make the sacrifice. But if you try to continue to rise without actually sacrificing your selfish nature, you will only end up serving Satan more and more in the black Sephirot, which is the Klippith, which makes you the enemy of God. So we've got to work out our, our salvation and fear and trembling of God that we might not sin against him. Hide the word of God in our hearts and receive the sanctification of those seven spices and those 12 spices of the Holy Spirit, the sevenfold Holy Spirit. And through your five senses, through his five glorified senses, if you remember the seven and the five goes up and creates the crown of 12.
1: So he wants to make friends. He really is just wanting a family of people that are like him, the sons of God in the heavens He tells you exactly what he wants in Revelation. That book is called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a revelation of the Messiah's desires from humanity. He wants all those churches to come out of the earth into the heavens. Revelation 4, when I command you to come up here. So it's like they're doing all the stuff down in the earth. They think they're in right standing with God because of earthly revivals. Listen, there's never been a stop to the original revival in the upper garden of Eden. I mean that's really the standard these days is living in the upper garden of eden where nothing has ever gone wrong it's always the father's perfection in these realms now down below it gets worse and worse and worse we have to ask why does the proverbs 31:14 woman send food from afar well it's the desire of the lord that the people come up to where the woman is on the mountains the reason why you send food down is not so they can stay afar is so that they can draw near what is written come up the mountain And be near to me. Come up the mountain and be here, says the Lord. He wants the nearness. It's all about the closeness to him. The ascension is being close to him. And as you draw close to him, you begin to see the corrections in the heart. It's the drawing near to him that produces the change of thought life, the change in attitude, the change in feelings and emotions, the change in actions, Without the change of the inside and the outside, the inner intelligence and the outward forms, the outward forms, guys, will change so much the Bible says it's like clay in the potter's hands or dashing the nations to pieces like pottery, which means the outside will be completely different. Does that mean he destroys the body? No, that means he destroys the outer actions of your previous lifestyle, which most of you can attest to in part of changing your behavior. You're completely different people now than when you first believed in Jesus Christ because the outer shell is dashed to pieces repeatedly like pottery and from inside becomes a new outside.
0: Amen. And you'll be much different even seven worlds from now. You'll be a completely different person, even more drastically uh, than when you were first saved. You change drastically. You change a lot in seven worlds going up. You change a lot. Now, A lot of people, they may or may not notice in your life. It should be noticeable if people really know you. But when people cling and know the outside, the shell, if people only know you after the flesh, after the shell, they may judge you and think you're still the person you were seven worlds ago and you're clearly not, you know, to the angels and things like that. So that's where you get familiarity. So be very mindful of that as each one of you is rising. Uh, not to be too comfortable with who you think each other are, because you're about to change drastically. You're not going to recognize yourself in a few worlds from now. I know it feels like the end of the world now when you're dealing with some pain point or some issue, or you're worried about your destiny, or if God's going to take care of you or not, and why did the apostle have this, and how come I don't blah, 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 blah. You just do the work farm the seeds put to death the nefesh put to death that sinful fleshly life and grow up in righteousness and it will be added unto you it's the word of god god's not a liar so when you don't believe what god said that's actually you calling him a liar so you may have to repent from calling god a liar and go back to believing Just the basic word of God that says, seek you first the kingdom, the Malkut of God, and his righteousness, right? Son righteousness and above son righteousness. And then all these other things that you're desiring, that you're trying to run and chase after, and so chasing after them, go for the kingdom and the righteousness, and the things that you need are added unto you.
1: This is one of the biggest misunderstandings in Christianity and we've really been through all of it. But you're saved by grace, but there's no rewards of grace. That's completely opposite of what Scripture teaches. So the rewards are only through merit. And I, I'm, it's crazy that I have to reintroduce this stuff to Christianity, but you just don't hear this anywhere. This is the truth of what the New Testament teaches. You're saved by grace, but you're rewarded through merit. So people have no rewards because there's nothing merited in their lives. And that's why there's gross immaturity everywhere in Christianity, because they're not taught the mature things of righteousness, which is merit. They're not taught the things of Revelation 22, verse 12. Listen to Jesus Christ. This is in the red letters. Behold, I am coming soon and I shall bring my wages and rewards with me. To repay and render to each one just what his own actions and his own work merit. What his work, you're only rewarded for merit. So you begin to get into the merit system of working for the Lord, and it's a reward-based system of rungs. That's where the behavior, the attitude, all of it becomes entirely angelic. Guys, this is kingdom messianic age teachings of righteousness, is understanding the merit system, of revelation 22 verse 12 i can't believe they never taught me this in five years of assemblies of god bible college going to church thousands of times no one was teaching the reward system of merit but it's clearly what messiah teaches in the bible and this is the reason why we have so much babyhood everywhere everything's grace but not everything's grace in the new testament only salvation is grace rewards are merited so all these things that we're talking about that are the mature things that that all red letter ministries is mandated to do is bring the mature things of christ
0: a lot of times that's simply because the people like the rewards of sin right they like the measurement of undeserved grace that they can just barely get by and hope to inherit salvation while getting away with those little things or making it seem like not such a big deal i can get away with this and that and the other or even worse calling what is uh good evil and calling what is evil good so when you substitute those things then they just don't stop sinning and they think that it's their salvation their inheritances are going after the things of god but they're just zealous for satan's kingdom In that predicament, you need the light of the sun of righteousness in full light of his glory to expose that the deeds are darkness under the pretense of the good, the charismatic and the ugly.
1: The issue is the reason why merit's not taught is because of the immaturity, but it requires circumcisions of heart and mind and eyes and bones and marrow. The sword of the Spirit begins to chop away at the old DNA of the old person. Ephesians chapter 2, you who are once Gentiles have been brought near to Christ. You are now clearly, Ephesians 2 says, a Jewish people. You're not partially Jewish. You're not weirdly jewish you're not strangely jewish because you've been brought to the messiah you're as jewish as judaism gets there's no one more jewish than jesus he created the first jew abraham the jewish race was created by jesus christ the messiah created the jews because the jews are the set-apart people for the Father, for God, His chosen people, His chosen race. Salvation today is still from the Jews, but a lot of Christians don't understand that they are entirely Jewish, even though Ephesians says that, Galatians 6 says that, the Bible says it everywhere. The apostles teach that constantly because all the promises belong to Israel. And outside of Israel, there's not one promise of Jesus Christ. But this is all from the internal circumcision, Therefore, the circumcision of the heart, you begin to merit rewards. That, my friends, is the beginning of understanding the more mature things of Christ. And we need to lay these foundations for people to transition from church-age elementary teaching, Rome, uh, Hebrews 6 says, into kingdom-age advanced teaching of righteousness. And that's the exact language of Hebrews 6 in the Amplified Classic. We're going from babyhood to strong meat and we can handle it. You can handle the meat of the Word of God. God's going to give you the strong food so your inner man can get stronger than your outer man, so your outer man can begin to follow your inner man. Christ comes in you. The Spirit of holiness begins to become your master of your inner thought life. See, it's not just hearing a voice in your head, what do you do during the day? You can, spirit guides do that. It's the inner possession of the word that radiates the spirit of Shekinah, the spirit of glory. It's being a temple all the time. It's not just hearing a voice in your head. That's not spirit led. It's being possessed. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, your body, the whole thing, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, how do we have the whole body yielded to the master? The spirit will lead you into all truth. The spirit leads you into how to merit rewards this holy spirit's plans for your life is to have as much rewards as jesus christ co with christ a bride equally yoked to jesus christ with spiritual ability that rules over the angels and over nature
0: amen which means you've learned how to love that's what the 10 worlds of ascension are it's learning how to love it's humility it's grace it's all the virtues and the graces of the lord jesus formed Within you, specifically humility, and learning how to love. That's what you do for 10 weeks entirely. And all of his natures of compassion, all of those attributes of his nature of compassion, that's what's formed in you through repentance, through circumcision. And when he can say, my equal, my bride, you will then have the capacity to love him the way he wants to be loved by someone he wants to be loved by his bride at that capacity it doesn't mean he despises the days of small beginnings and your small faith and your small love if you're living in the world of isaiah and in the world of yetzira you have very small love it may be great compared to your generation but compared to what god wants it's very small and so it's not good to go up just a little bit Right. You know, we go up to Yetzirah, we finally get to Berea and think, oh, I'm really I've done it now. I got a Neshama, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good now and I know, I know how to love. And then you're still just wrong about so much. So we have to stay humble uh, all the way up, because if we get a big head, even in like the sixth world and the seventh world and the eighth world, and the ninth world, it, it's just there has to be the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is never going away. Why? It's one of the seven spirits of God. Do you think he's taken out one of his own seven spirits? No. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. That's one of the seven spirits of God. So worship him. Accept him. And don't try to get rid of one of the seven spirits of God. That's ridiculous. How are you going to love him more if you're trying to erase one of his seven spirits? That's just... It's not wise. It's not intelligent. It's not proper. It's not right. So, we should be praying for more of the fear of the Lord. Even this, even the terror, right? The manifestation of the fear of the Lord, when the terror of the Lord comes forth, unleashes power, power to transform and power to change the world and it starts with us making the change, making the sacrifice of our selfish nature and receiving the seven spice and the 12 spice of the mountains, the Sephrot of Jesus Christ his body, and his spirit poured upon you to purify and heal and transform into his image, his likeness, which is his nature.
1: When you hear days of small beginnings, don't think small like the prodigal son in the pig trough. Think small like Samuel in the temple. And Hannah, his mother, would bring him a small tunic every year. So it's, a, it's the clothing of God's glory through the operation of the priesthood of the word of god let me say that again your small beginnings are not small because of sin they're small because of the tunic that hannah brought samuel your inner man gets clothes and your inner man can take over your outer man and there's a tunic there's a dressing for thanksgiving you guys we're getting the dressing of hannah's tunic in your inner man it might be small very, people's, very few people's inner man has ascended into full spiritual stature, ten worlds. In fact, it's never happened in this generation yet, but we're going to pioneer it in this ministry and take the whole Zadakim with us. Those who can clothe their inner man with God's daily word that comes down the sapphire stones. First, you got to understand how the word, the scriptures come down. How does God's will come down? It's a lightning impulse upon your head to do what? What do we do with the lightnings of God? What do we do? Throw
0: down the satans and all their ways of thinking and feeling.
1: Amen. It's the priesthood. We do the word that comes down with the will. So it's our daily instructions, daily bread. It's an energy to obey a God, our Father in heaven. Our God is our Father. Therefore, we need his energizing lightnings. We need his His Torah scrolls. And it is a Torah scroll. You see, the heavenly Jerusalem comes down like a Torah scroll. So it's what to do with the grace. So grace is an empowerment for merit to earn rewards. What you do with that energy. Because it is the throne of grace.
0: Right. When you get energized from listening to RLM TV and we bring that sapphire stone bread from afar, from, you know, distant worlds into the heavens, when we bring that down for you, in what form does it come in? Word form. That's the bread. Jesus said, I have bread that you don't know about. He does the will of the Father. And he feeds the people with what? The words. And he said, you know, Peter, if you... Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord, I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. So when I asked the Lord and said, how can I love you more? How can I love you more? Mm-hmm. He reiterated to me the way. Now, this for the apostolic, it means feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. If household. you don't, because when you don't have circumcisions, your bread is maggoty. So it's not love to feed the sheep what you have to say. Uh, because giving people maggoty bread has never really been a good christmas gift or any kind of gift for that matter so you want to clean the maggots out so that your source of bread is circumcision Mm. and once you have more circumcision your bread is going to be a good gift but if you're just trying to feed people without first making the sacrifice of ascension it's not going to be very good bread and oftentimes your bread will On default fight the apostolic bread so that's how minister rebellion starts and then they think oh I'm rejected or I'm an orphaned you know by my spiritual parents when they're just trying to get you to stop feeding the sheep maggoty bread moldy bread moldy manna from you know how many worlds ago you want to eat the highest quality bread and you need to learn but the only bread of teaching and instruction is that of the circumcision. So you want to support the apostolic vision and walk in the the sapphire stones. That way, when you do bring forth teaching, it's good bread from afar and not just some kind of like moldy dungeon loaf from maybe this was outside of the sapphire stone, but, you know, this is what I've learned with my own wisdom so far. It's just not helpful. So... We have to humble ourselves to be teachable and receive wisdom because that bread how are you going to love he said you know love how you know how you're going to love jesus peter feed my sheep he told me that's the apostolic mandate if you are an apostle and we're not talking like baby apostles and training to be an apostle later Oh, actually the most dangerous food comes from people who are supposed to become apostles but never received the circumcisions to get to the heights that they need to be at in order to actually feed the people. Those are usually the people the enemy will pick first to try and become an enemy of God. So if you understand that, Hmm. I went through the same thing myself and through all those danger zones of not having the clear understanding, not having the heights in in the Sapphire stones, but being constantly attacked by principalities trying to use me. And so you have to get wise and you have to be humble. And it is very humiliating to be humbled. So if you endure, you will learn wisdom. And at the end of the training, you will have what it takes to bring forth bread to feed sheep in a way that's pleasing to God. Because if you try to do it prematurely to that, if if you haven't even conquered one world and, you know, there's you know there's pride and there's knowledge you want to start teaching that's the temptation of the satans swimming in the blood of unsanctified flesh that's the nile so we must be wise we must be teachable we must be humble and not so quick to want to tell others what we think they should do because you can't even have a clear perspective In the lowest world, the only reason we brought forth teaching is because in those worlds is because there literally wasn't anyone walking in anything higher than that on the entire face of the earth. And, you know, even since then, we've really uh, we've really honed in the teaching and gone through the Sephirot on how you can be successful in those. It's kind of like watching the masterclass is like watching uh, what I wish I knew when I was where you're at. This is what I wish I knew. I wish someone was there to tell me this. If I had only known this, it would have been so much easier for me. So that's why we give you the specific instruction and correction because we've been through it and if you can have the humility to listen and understand and obey, it will make it easier for you but the mind of the flesh is opposed to it Mm. and says you know paranoid things like well they're not for me and they're against me and blah blah you'd be surprised what demons will come around when you want to rise on sapphire stones but if you can listen from people who have actually gone through it and actually done it who are trying to help you rise use those tools
1: that come down feeding your household from afar that food is how you get rid of that demonic influence to rise if you don't utilize that food you have zero chance zero this is not something you can do on your own can you imagine israel trying to do the exodus without moses zero chance until god raised up a zadik a deliverer they're in bondage so it is with all Christians. You'll never leave the earth until you cling to the Zadiq that's already on sapphire stones. He's not sending plan B C D E F G because you reject A. It's A only or be destroyed in the sand of the earth. That's how the Father operates, and it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And once you begin to help the Zadiq, once you begin to help the chief apostles and the leaders on sapphire stones that are building the Father's kingdom above the Son, your whole destiny gets fulfilled. Your destiny is entirely attached to the Zadiq of your generation.
0: Amen. That's actually how I started to walk in my destiny. We were talking about this earlier today. Uh, I had no idea any of this was at all related to my destiny until when I found Brandon and I began to help him, support him, and defend him when, you know, people would come around and be too comfortable, familiar, or, you know, disrespecting the anointing, disrespecting the spirit of Elijah, disrespecting what God was trying to do, you know, God's anointed, you know, anointed leader. So when I began to help, and I had no idea this these realms would open up, My whole destiny started to unfold before me and I started to walk in it. So it only came through serving someone else, serving the vision of God. So it only comes through serving another human being that God has chosen and anointed. And if you can understand servanthood, servanthood is priesthood. And when you can serve another man's vision or another woman's vision that God is working through, then your destiny will open up. But if you're fighting and being at strife and, and jealousy with the Zadik, it's never going to work for you and you won't even like your destiny. You'll always be jealous of someone else's destiny because you don't even really know what yours is yet and you won't until you receive the circum. Decisions, and we'll leave. I want to leave a little bread here for you, a poetic snippet from the wisdom of Moses. Light sparkles, fires ignite, flickering in the flames of the blaze. Wind shimmers, unifying its colors, striking an impression in a single compact. United below, united above, hues united on diverse sides. Color of the hidden light grasps, shines, and gleams. In its gleaming, this light grasps and sees, enfolding the light of flaming fire and blazing conflagration. These two are irreconcilable from a hidden jewel, totally unrevealed, a breeze of incense wafts composed of twelve celestial spices. From the midst of the ascent of those two irreconcilable ones, that fragrance joins them and they settle into their places and that wafting of that breeze is the ruah or the ruhat of god which is why you need a ruah soul for your ascension into cosmic righteousness
1: amen so we thank you father for your word and we thank you father for consecrating our hearts to bring it forth for your will to be accomplished And I just pray for everyone at the sound of my voice that all the things in your spirit and in your soul and in your mind and in your bodies that are in the way of the word of God being formed in you, we just present it to the Holy Spirit to remove it. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to just move your angels around and help everyone at the sound of my voice get deliverance, healing from every sin, sickness, and disease And clarity in their mind. And let all the confusion of Babylon just wash off of them right now. We thank you for a new atmosphere of peace of the Word of God in their houses, in their cars, in their workplace, in their families. We thank you, Father, for the work you're doing in them to raise them up in these days that not one will be left behind, like the Exodus of Moses. We're coming out of Egypt and we're crossing the Jordan into the promised land in this generation with the great help of our great God. And he's going to do it because we're going to do it. And everyone's going to listen. And the Holy Spirit's going to be activated in your hearts. And you're going to yield to being temples of the power of the word and all of its glory. And you begin to get super energized, like it says in Colossians chapter one, by that superhuman energy that he enkindles and works mightily within you. There is an energy of the Word of God to do the will of God. And everything that's in God's will is rising. God's will, how He makes decisions for our future, it's always according to what will raise us up closest to Him. Will that house, will that car, will that relationship, this, that, the other thing, that marketplace decision, all these things, will it draw you closer in the resurrection to God? See, God's will is always in the thing that causes you to rise the most to him. So it becomes very simple what wisdom is. Proverbs nine one: it builds up to the throne of the Father to serve him in the heavenlies. And let that be in all your lives, that clarity of God's will to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost, hearing and obeying the word, repenting in your thoughts and actions, and the empowerment of that superhuman energy that he mightily enkindles and works within your spiritual stomach, stirring up all the Shekinah glory that's in your bellies to be loosed up through your hearts and your brains to raise you up. Prepare for new paths, new bridges, new ladders, new stairways, new doors, and new windows in the heavens to open up over you in the power of that glory pouring out from your bellies. In hearing the word, it it connects with your spirit and faith begins to move things. Faith will move mountains. It will remove blockages. It empowers angel armies. If you get serious about rising, heaven always responds. Like Luke 15, the father came out when he saw his son approaching. The Father comes down with glory with angel armies as you begin to clean up your heart, your soul, go after the will of God, begin to rise, loose the lower things, the idolatry, the immorality, and begin to sanctify the covenant and rise to the Father. The Father comes down and lifts you up. A great lifting up is happening in these days for an entire nation of holy Israel to live on the sapphire stones, and every single one of you are invited to be a part of it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen, and may your sacrifice be richly rewarded.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, gather around, for today we embark on a journey of purpose and passion. A journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized. The dream of TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home today i am before you not merely as a speaker but as a messenger of possibility as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves where voices echo with authenticity and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom rlm tv envisions such a space a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives, amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's Army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at today i urge you to be a part of this masterpiece let us pool our resources not just for a broadcasting facility in florida but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time as we open our hearts and pockets let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar but in the power of divine connection in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together, we can make RLM TV's dream a reality, and in doing so, we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams. The stewards of change and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.